You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Pigskin fans, the moment you've been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer the questions like, who will score last? And boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012. They know a thing or two about big plays. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner at Super Bowl 55. Terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Rigrats podcast, an Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, I'm going to be flying the ship solo today. Uh, It'll be just myself, but we've got an exciting show. Uh, We've got a special guest coming on later, a good friend of mine and fellow podcaster on the Hockey Podcast Network. Also, he's going to give us an interesting look in on the Montreal Canadiens, and uh, that's all I'm going to say until he comes on a bit later, so I'm excited to get to that. First, looking at it, another uh, 500 little here mid-episode snippet from the Oilers. They split the beginning series between Toronto. They go 1-1. One and one. Um, Luckily, they were able to open it up with a win. They started off with a 3-1 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Earlier this week, that was really, really good. Good to see them bounce back from a disappointing two games versus the Canadians. And I was interested to see how they play about the Leafs. They, this game was pretty hyped up, um, like me and Kyle talked about in the last episode. Dreisaitl get on the board. He scored his first of the season in that game. We also finally scored on the power play. That was a big point of concern for us in the last episode as well. That was really good to see. I don't know. It was... Good to see the win. Good to see us, you know, stay and keep pace with everyone. I would say that I would like to, you know, if the episode come out right after this, I'd be a little bit more up on the win. But considering I know then we will then follow that up a then loss to the Leafs. It wasn't a horrible loss. It's been nice to see the Oilers have progressed every game so far. I'd say so far they've at least grown. I've seen them take steps towards gelling as a team, understanding where everyone plays and how they're going to work as a defensive system because that's really been the big area that they've been lacking so far this season is that 
defensive unit. And we talk a lot about, you know, the Canadians have started to put together a defensive unit while the Oilers have to start working as a defensive unit. And every game, even in the losses so far, I've seen them at least take steps forward. That being said, we're dropping points here. So there's not really much time or room to be learning and losing at the same time for the Oilers, unfortunately. The loss that next night, however, did bring a interesting and very welcome arrival to see the real deal James Neal returning to the lineup. Um, he gets on the power play. We remove Chase on off that first power play unit. Thank goodness. And it was good to see his shining bright white smile back in the lineup and on the bench. We did miss him. And I got to say, like, the pace isn't there, but like, just seeing him on the bench, like, he's just a steady presence to have. Like, I love what he brings to the team just in the sense of personality and veteran leadership. And I think the locker room is a calmer and a damn better looking place as well with him on the bench. And so the Oilers finish the work week there, then two and four, um, sitting fifth in the North Division. Not a great start considering all of the games in hand most of the other teams still have. Um, we are going to get a little bit into the Oilers-Jets game that is, uh, I'm actually watching the first game right now as I'm recording this. The Jets are up one nothing. The second period is about to start. Um, I hope uh, that doesn't time stamp me too bad. And I can talk about this and uh, this eventual Oilers win on Wednesday. Uh, I hope this doesn't age badly. I'm now going to send it over to our very special first guest of the episode, and I was excited to talk to him, and I'm excited to introduce him to you guys, so here we go. Calling all Jets fans and foodies! What's going on, guys? I'm Brandon Rewicki, the host of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. Look, if you love Jets hockey, this is the place for you. In-depth breakdowns from every game, a deep dive into the big plays and moments from Winnipeg's season, and all the Jets talk you will not find anywhere else. We got it for you on Skates and Plates. Plus, if you love carbs and everything tasty, we jump into the world of food as well. Once a week, we also speak with a member of the local culinary scene to highlight their great stories and the great food they put out. So there it is. Hockey, Jets, food, drink, everything good in life. It's right here on Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first ever guest segment of the Rig Rats podcast. We have a very special guest. He is a uh, another host of a podcast here of the Hockey Podcast Network, and I was hesitant to bring him on for this week's show, but you know, I figured we'd give him at least a little bit of a platform here this week. Uh, it's my good friend and one of the co-hosts of the Habs Nightly podcast, Bayou Bender. Welcome, buddy. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, I wish the circumstances were a little bit different uh, within us talking, but uh, I, I'm glad to have you on the show. And you were the first guest, so you should feel honored. Uh, I mean, there's just so much to say. I mean, it's like uh, season two. We're on completely two different <laughs> podcasts now. So it's the first first in that area. Um, I'm confused what the Oilers are doing. I'm confused what the Habs are doing. This is all just a I don't so, know. Yeah, it's so just it's been, been crazy. A, it's, it's a strange year, I think, for everyone. 
And I mean, we brought you on here to talk about hockey. So I think obviously we both, like you mentioned, landed on different podcasts. Uh, you were <laughs> you were covering, uh, Nashville for a little bit last season, and now you're you're covering Montreal. I was with Dallas, so we both moved from the Central to Canadian divisions, and uh, now we get to uh, talk as rivals. So I guess uh, my first thing is, uh, how are you feeling on the Habs this season so far? They've come out to a strong start. Um, I was saying in last episode, they probably have one of the most, I'd say, um, like complete, most obvious identity out of the Canadian division. So I'm curious to see how you're feeling on the Habs so far. It's really hard to say anything negative. I'm just a bit worried because we're just off to too good of a start for what the Habs. I've seen the Habs play, you know, the past couple of years. It's it's a little like I watch the games. I don't really have a lot of doubt, but then there's just like something in the back of my head. That's like, when is, when are we going to see the normal Habs that we're used to because they're playing too well, they're playing too complete of a game. Um, I guess I, I want to just be completely positive, but (laughs) I guess just being a Habs fan over the years, I'm expecting something to derail us soon, but uh, I want to ride this wave as long as we can, but I am, I still have doubts. <laughs> and I, I felt like the Habs, at least so far this this season, have been like really um, showing their identity as a team. And I think one of the one of the issues that some of the other Canadian teams here so far, and I think the Oilers are in this, is um, they sort of lack a team identity. Um, whereas the Habs, I think, especially with, you know, like the trading of, of Domi for Anderson in the, in the offseason and stuff, like they're really leaning more into that solid defensive style as a team and like that grind structure which is which is interesting and so now that they sort of know what who they are as a team they're starting to embrace that a little bit right I I like how you said that um I feel like the Habs have been a team that knew who they were in the past but like everyone knew who they were there was no um how do you say like there was there was no people weren't coming into town and going to be unexpected. They're not sure how to play against them. I think we made so many acquisitions during the off seasons. We moved so much and we've truly built uh, such a different team, you know, um, going out of the, leaving the bubble. Mark Bergevin said that he was going to attempt to make a team that was, you know, better rounded and could play any style of hockey that whatever team came to us with. And I think that was something we were lacking. We were always just, um, more fundamental rudimentary let's just try to three passes and see where we are I think now we just have a a, a more complete team we can play it any way you like and shit in five six six games we've really showed that we you can give us a game and we'll figure it out so then talking about those two Oilers games then that that was a big thing I noticed is the Canadians were a lot more willing to um, engage in the corners and uh, that defensive unit you guys have there um, just with Petrie and Weber and, and that sort of stuff. Like it's a, it's a, it's a hard grinding physical, just, just a team all around like that. I think Deneau is an incredible two-way center. I like Gallagher grinds, like everyone just has that defensive grind game to them. And it was very obvious in the games versus Edmonton. I think, I think what's crazy about it now is that you're starting to see, like, yeah, we know the Brendan Gallagher's, the the Denos, the Druans. We know what to expect. But this team is, like, our young people and the people we just brought in are shining so highly right now that 
you know, what I expected maybe two weeks or three weeks for them to kind of get, you know, into this rhythm, into a, this new group chemistry is, you know, almost came automatically. And I don't know if that's just because we had six games on the road, if we just were able to, you know, come together, like Tatar just put a statement out that they said they've been having a lot of fun. Uh, these six games on the road has been great for them because it's just, it's just them together. Um, you know, granted COVID circumstances, they can't do everything they want to do, but at least they're kind of together, you know, they weren't able to separate at any points, but um, I think like uh, acquisitions of like bringing up uh, Romanov and really seeing <laughs> Nick Suzuki shine with. I'm actually really good. You brought up Romanov. <laughs> he, right, he scored his first NHL goal versus uh, that game one this last week versus the Oilers. Um, mm-hmm. I hadn't, I didn't really know much about him. Um, obviously they talked about him a lot on that broadcast during that first game. Obviously he, he played a quite a good game. Um, uh, but he see, I didn't know much about him, but then all of a sudden, you know, like he has blown up at least in my radar, uh, in the sense. So like, what, what can you tell us about him? Well, I mean, this, this kid really is just something else. He's got like this quiet cockiness to him. He's not going to be a showboat, but he knows what he's capable of. And he's not afraid to be that player when he needs to. Um, he plays the body. He has great hand eye. He can just see the play unfolding around him. Um, I mean, the kid's got a wicked shot. He's, he's not afraid to back down from anybody. If you watched any of the Vancouver series, especially last night, um, he had no problem taking on someone like, uh, like Roussel, you know, getting a little too close to, to carry price. He handed them up, you know, he did everything he needs to do. And it's, he's like one of those, he's not a teacher's pet, but he's like your coach's favorite player. This kid comes out, he's like an hour early to skate. He's an hour early before games. And the same thing with after, you know, maybe not after a game, but after practice, he is still practicing at least an hour later. Like this kid, his want to be there is so high. And it's crazy because you would expect that to be like, like a Sidney Crosby. And and this kid is, is just so young. He's getting max minutes. He's getting, he's being seen on the power play on the PK and he's, He's just been lights out for us. And Mason has really driven this kid into my head before the pre, you know, before the season started. And I was like, I really hope this kid's something because, you know, this would be a great, a great extra piece on this really strong defense, defensive core that we have. And I'm just so happy that this kid is really showing that he's capable of playing here really in any, in any team. And I know defensemen are weird, but like, what do you, what do you see his ceiling is becoming? Like, what do you, what do you want to see him develop as? When he scored that goal against y'all. And I mean, some people are going to hate this is it's not a hot take, man, but there was just moments where I saw a more composed PK Subban and I just mean oh, from that's his a shot. Hot take. People are going to be so <laughs> mad you're dropping like that. Well, I think this kid's going to be way better than PK Subban. You know, when Subban came in, he was all about you know that uh, that that backwards um, check. You know, he was he was laying the body. I think Romanov is highly capable of doing that. He's got that flair that like he scored one time, but like it was just so. I don't know. It was like you could I could see that on a poster. It just looked fluid. It looked like he knew exactly what he was doing. Um, well, that's one I of guess... the reasons the goal even went in. You know, it was just on and off his stick. Like he knew mm-hmm. when he got it, when as soon as it touched his stick, like he's shooting the puck. 
Absolutely. And I mean, granted, people are going to hate me for saying that, but like he's got this showmanship that PK Subban had, but Subban was so out out of box, like just just a, just a, a big character, whereas Romanov is just more like a Thomas Placanics. He's just more. Uh, so you're reserved. saying like you you see him in a Subban like on the ice, less of a less of an off the ice personality because obviously he's young. He could he, I have no idea who he is as a person, but I don't know. Yes, I feel like yes. it'd be harder to be that big of a character off the ice as Subban is. Yes, yes, he's he's a very reserved player from what we've seen so far. I just mean like his play style is going to give you that attitude of like what PK Subban just brings in general. He is he's got such a flair but he's just so reserved. So I Mason calls it cocky, but he just knows what he's doing and he knows he's going to get by you. He's going to figure out a way to, to change the game for us, you know? So I see him as a PK Subban in a sense that he knows what he's doing and he knows exactly how to do it and he's going to show it off, but he's going to do it quietly. And that's what I, that's what I love about him because I think PK was just too big of a, a character. You know, he's just a, too big of an icon almost in this area. I still miss him. <laughs> well, I mean, so the, the Edmonton Oilers and the, the Canadians are going to play each other a lot this season. It's one of the cool things about this season, obviously, with all of the, the uh, northern teams and all that stuff and just all the teams playing a select few a bunch of times. So uh, uh, what are you expecting? I guess less of a Habs question, but what like what do you what do you what do you expect from the North Division? What, what's your what's your guess? Um, in what sense? I'm sorry. Like uh, as an I, outcome or I, just I guess like, like, like uh, how are you feeling about it so far? And uh, how do you see things like shaping up as the season progresses? I'm loving it. Um, it's a lot of hits. I, I'm noticing that the teams that we're playing, it's more aggressive. It's, it's almost like it's a chance for Canada to really be like, this is my team and we're going to beat the fuck out of entirety of Canada. You know, um, I think it's just been really fun, great hockey, but I think the hits have been just, incredible like they're they're just playing with such an intensity because every single person regardless of what team they're on they're playing respectfully if they're from canada for their country against their country so it's just been it's just been i don't know amazing you know i i do i do wish we'd play a couple central teams you know and and all that but uh, i do like this division it's been it's been fun and and i guess that can come into just us playing well but at the same time like playing vancouver three times in a row has been some of the best hockey I've seen in a long time. And it was just a treat to see it three times in a row. We have legit developed a a hatred, a a good rivalry in the very beginning of a season. You know, it's so fun to watch. And I was going to ask you uh, what Western conference team, because obviously the Habs normally would only play uh, each Western conference team twice. Um, what Western conference team do you see the Habs developing like the biggest hate with in the West? Like that you normally wouldn't play that often. So like, who do you see the Habs hating the most hmm. outside I mean, of the East? Cause like the Habs, like, <laughs> right. You're always going to hate the Leafs. You're always going to hate Ottawa. Like, but like from like right. the unusual suspects, who do you think the Habs will like dislike the most? I think right now, just because of uh, playing them three times and then the Armia hit, I think Vancouver's is our number one right now. Um, I feel like, I mean, truthfully, March 22nd to 26th, we got a three game against the Oilers. I'm expecting, you know, the Oilers to have a little bit more comfortability and playing what we expect an Oilers team to play like. Um, but right now I'd have to say it's Vancouver, at least, at least in our division. 
Well, I'm looking forward to like you were mentioned there and in March that uh, those three that three game span there, that, that'll be fun. Um, and then just quickly here b- before uh, we, we wrap this up, um, one of the teams that was in obviously on the huge blockbuster deal, I'd say the biggest deal so far since the season started the Dubois line a trade Montreal was a big team in on Dubois so I just wanted to get your take on it. Are you upset that you missed out on Dubois and um, I guess uh, how do you feel that now uh, Dubois and line a is they've swapped into the Canadian division. I am, uh, I am so fucking relieved, Michael. <laughs> um, I didn't like this coming into it. I know that uh, a lot of the people in Quebec are going to be, you know, they wanted to have Dubois come home, you know, Francophone, all that. Um, I just did not like what they were trying to say we would have to offer up. There's no way in hell we would give up a Suzuki, a Romanov, a KK. And then on top of that, a prospect and possibly a draft pick or two. It's just something that was, I was not gelling with it. Um, I haven't followed um, PLD long enough to really know about him, but I just, I'm looking at our team and we're so complete right now. We're playing so well together that when they would bring it up during the games, I would get nervous because I'm like, why, you know, why bring this up? We, we've got a good thing going right now. I don't think bringing in Dubois is really going to make us like the next level. I think that we have a complete a complete team right now. Every line is scoring. I mean, the defense has been phenomenal. Carey Price and Jake Allen have been a great tandem together. I don't see I'd us say mixing both of that those up. are huge reasons the Habs won the games versus the Oilers. Carey Price and Jake Allen played out of their mind. Right. And and some people have been a little skeptical of Pricey just because some of the some of the games he's been in have been very hard games. You know, he's letting in uh a couple of goals a night, you know, but at the same time, like he's tend to play in these first games against players where, where we're, we're learning this team, like against you guys, it was, it was kind of a nail biter in the beginning, you know, um, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't want to, to bring someone in to lose an amazing young player that we have. We have probably one of the youngest center cores in, in the league right now. I think our oldest is to know at 27, everyone else is, 20, 21, and 24. And that was a big reason, actually, why Montreal was linked to it, right? Over the last couple mm-hmm. seasons, I think, with, right, they've been looking for that that center depth thing. That's been a big deal for the Canadians, is they've been looking for center depth. So do you feel, like, obviously Dubois would shore that up quite a bit. Uh, uh, you, you feel confident in your center depth? I feel very confident. Uh, in fact, the only one I did not have a lot of confidence in is because I didn't see him a lot was Jake Evans and Jake Evans has been insane. He's got two shorthanded goals. I mean, this kid has been like, excuse me, lights out. He plays the body. This fourth line has been so magical for us as of late. Um, and, and then that's the thing we bring in, if we were to bring in Dubois, you know, where, where does he sit? This, he seems like he would want to be a first, you know, a first line guy. Uh, we have, I wouldn't say complications with the no right now, but we are trying to sign him for more, you know, for, for his next contract. Um, I feel like if he gets brought in, that makes him look like he's not wanted, you know, that he needs to start looking around because this is a kid that, you know, from the outside would look like, Hey, he's going to take your spot. You're either going to take the second or the third position because Nick Suzuki as, as of right now is, is basically like Mason likes to say um, first line B, you know, 
He's playing very high minutes right now. He is such an impactful player for us right now. All righty. Well, uh, I'm interested because I, I know a lot of Habs fans that were quite upset that they weren't able to get it. So uh, to get Dubois. So uh, I think that's a, that's an interesting take from you. I'd say probably one of your more level headed takes. <laughs> I'm not in the South anymore. You know, <laughs> it's not the central division. I don't have to get so wild. But uh, no, I have just been I've been so impressed with the guys and it's been such a joy to watch these games lately. All right. Well, we can't uh, we can't give you too much time to gloat here. So uh, I guess we will have to wrap it up. But before I let you go, um, obviously, where can we find you and uh, what do you got working on right now? Uh, well, you guys can always find me. Um, you can follow my podcast, the Habs Nightly with Mason Dixon. Uh, that's at Habs Nightly on Twitter. Also, you can follow me at Bayou Benders on Twitter. Uh we just uh, like you. We're we're probably going to be setting up uh, visuals soon. We're just waiting on uh, a couple of more components, uh, but we're trying to up upgrade our our podcast. We got a couple of fun things coming up, some new guests, but uh, it's just been just been a lot of fun. Just uh, building a new brand, you know. <laughs> yeah, I I I hundred uh, percent agree. I think we're both uh, in similar boats there. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with you again as uh, the Oilers and Habs uh, continue this long, uh, long northern season. Absolutely. Love to talk to you, Michael. I'll talk to you soon. And there you have it, folks. The first guest ever on the Rig Rats podcast. I was uh, super pleased that he was able to have uh, him on, and um, I will eventually be also guest starring on his podcast and uh, shipping my voice out around to some of the other podcasts as well who want to talk about some some Oilers-centric stuff and have me come on and yell about Connor McDavid and that sort of stuff. So uh, whenever I am on another podcast, I'll be sure to let everyone know so they can keep an eye out for me as well. Um, however, I will say, uh, on a pleasing note, the Oilers have tied the game in the Jets game I'm currently watching. So, uh, again, let's hope uh, that that trend continues. Uh, and I can talk about that on Wednesday. From these couple Jets games, this is a really big opportunity here. If we're able to get the four points from these games, that, that's huge in terms of staying pace with everyone else. It's also really nice to get a, a final, maybe a foot up on some of the series against some of the other Canadian teams since we're going to have to play all of them a lot. And it will also, uh, if we can win these two games, bring us to 500, and that could be huge. So don't have room to be dropping points. I'd love to see a huge turnaround. So far, what I've seen in this game, at least, they've looked a lot better. They've moved Pugliarby up to the first line with McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. They've moved Cassian down to the third line with Turris and Archibald, so that's a little bit more of a bang and crash line. And so far, Pugliarby's looked good. He's moving his feet. He forechecks like a madman. He uses his size and his speed, and I think Pugliarby's looked really good, and been definitely definitely worth the money and i'm gonna keep this episode short we will talk a little bit more in depth in some of the news around the league uh, when kyle returns for this coming thursday episode and i hope you guys have enjoyed um be sure to follow this podcast on twitter that is going to be at the rig underscore rats on twitter also follow the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey Podnet. and we are doing some really cool giveaways as well as you know you'll keep in touch with uh, all of the updates 
notes in competitions, links, and episodes and content here at the Hockey podcast network and from the rig rats podcast so thank you very much for listening uh be sure to like and subscribe leave a comment uh or a a review on your podcast wherever you guys listen to the podcast it helps out a great deal and i will talk to you guys in the next episode and let's go oilers (laughs) 